0: to episode 39. This is an extra, extra, extra special episode. I'm so excited to have a very dear friend of mine who I love so much, one of my favorite humans on Earth, um, Dr. Valerie Rain. And I am so excited how this episode even came about. Um, she wrote a book. When did you write the book?
2: Uh, last year, it came out in December.
0: Okay, it came out December last year before the world turned crazy, <laughs> crazier. Um, <laughs> and I knew that she had written a book and it was on the back of my mind like, oh, I got to get the book. And, and then two of my very close friends, Catherine Daniele being one of them, and Kelsey Grant, another one that we had on the podcast in the beginning, um, had shared with me, oh, you've got to read this amazing book called Patriarchy Stress Disorder. And I was like, what? That's my friend's book. And it was just the best moment. And they both were raving about it. And so I ordered my copy right away. And of course, texted you and I'm just like over the moon to have you here. You're such a special, special person in my life, even though we don't talk very often um, both been so busy with life and and business and everything, but I just love you and feel super, super honored to have you here.
2: Oh, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. I feel the same way. As you know, you've been um, um, a magical person who has connected me with uh, some very pivotal steps in my own life and journey. So I'm forever grateful and the magic in our connection, I'm sure, will will keep on showing up in different ways in different oh, yes. seasons.
0: Oh, yes. I, Dr. Vallad and I hung out with Marianne Williamson one night, and that was, there were only like 30 people there, so that was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> that was cool, too. <laughs> We've
0: done some cool things together. All right, so Catherine's going to read her formal bio, and then we'll get into it.
1: We'll get into how to stop settling in relationships. doesn't get more important than this. <laughs> And Dr. Valerie, I'm so happy you're here. And she has discovered patriarchy stress disorder and created the only science-backed system for helping women achieve their ultimate success, happiness and fulfillment by healing the intergenerational trauma of oppression. She holds an EDM in psychological counseling from Columbia University and a PhD in psychology from the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. Her best-selling book, Patriarchy Stress Disorder, The Invisible Inner Barrier to Women's Happiness and Fulfillment, has been heralded by Amazon reviewers as the most important body of literary work of our modern times and perhaps the most important book of the century for women. Her cutting-edge programs have helped thousands of women shift from survival to thriving and master the game of how good can it get in their work and personal lives. And I do have to say, I read the book in a day. And then I called Kate and was like, we have to have her on the podcast. And Kate, as she just mentioned very delightfully, was like, she's my friend. <laughs> no, no problem. And so I I agree with what your biologist said. Every woman on the planet needs this book in her hands. And to kick us off on how to stop settling in relationships mm. I feel like we have to start with this little kind of I mean really wherever your story begins on the discovery of patriarchy stress mm. disorder whether personally or professionally whatever you feel moved to share
2: Of course. Thank you for this generous intro, Catherine. (laughs) Appreciate it. Appreciate your love for PSD and being a champion of this awareness and healing for women. Yeah, my journey of writing this book began um, probably way before I could write. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As a little girl, my life was defined by one question. And the question was, what's wrong with me? what's wrong with me? Um, I kept getting these messages. Don't laugh so loud. People don't like that. Don't be so smart. No one would want to marry you. Like, don't eat this. You're going to get fat. No one will like you. Like, oh, oh look, you're getting so skinny. Like, eat something. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's been a journey of walking that fine line of trying to fit in with the impossible expectations. And of course, I went on to study psychology. What else would I study to figure out what's wrong with me? And psychology is really a great field for that. And two graduate degrees later, years of therapy later, I was having my dream life, really. I um, was running um, a, a psychology practice in New York, was doing the work I loved. I uh, had a family uh, I adored and a wonderful home I loved in New York City suburbs. And one day I was on the phone with a client when I noticed that I was smiling with only the right side of my face and the left side of my face just hung in there. And I ended up in the ER with symptoms of a stroke, which Thankfully, after a day of scanning me up and down, they have diagnosed as, quote-unquote, just stress. And this diagnosis simultaneously greatly relieved me and also greatly puzzled me because I did not feel stressed. I did not feel stressed. I thought my life was great. Yes, I was busy, but who isn't? Yeah, um... Well, maybe I, I wasn't having like all the joy and pleasure in the world, but then again, who does? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened there with this ER interruption was that it it pulled back that security blanket of stress and workaholism, and underneath it, that blanket, that question, "What's wrong with me?" was still there, I was still alive and well, despite having accomplished so much professionally and personally having checked off all the boxes that i knew how to check to be happy and fulfilled and still i wasn't feeling that and that was a very dark and very despairing moment because i did not know what else to do i had read every self help book i could get my hands on did all the workshops and the therapy etc and Thankfully, in that despairing moment, I had my clients to look up to because somehow my clients were shifting out of that numbness and disconnection and stepping into the fullness of their lives. And I started wondering, what was I doing for them that I wasn't doing for me? And with all of my clients, I was using mind body trauma healing tools. Even if And most of them did not have any significant or what they would call big T trauma history, no life-threatening experiences that people would classify as traumatic. They had, quote-unquote, normal childhoods, normal lives, as did I. But in them, I could see the symptoms of trauma. I could see the symptoms of disconnection. And in me, of course, I couldn't until the whole left side of my body shut down so that I could appreciate the degree of disconnection they had been living in. And that's when I began to wonder what kind of trauma could we all have without realizing it? And at that time, research was coming out in the field of epigenetics, showing that traumatic experiences are genetically transmitted genetically transmitted and that was my light bulb moment women have been oppressed for thousands of years for thousands of years women didn't have ownership of their bodies women couldn't love who they loved women couldn't make their own money couldn't own their own destiny that's traumatic (laughs) that is traumatic And trauma is genetically transmitted. That's how this download, this discovery of patriarchy stress disorder or PST came in. And that changed everything because now with the correct diagnosis, I could finally answer the question, what's wrong with me? And the answer was nothing. There is nothing wrong with me or any other woman or or, or human I knew but we all carry trauma. All humans carry trauma. And that knowing has changed everything, knowing that to be the case and having the tools at our disposal that thankfully science now has caught up to educating us on how things work genetically, how things work on the level of neuroscience and biology and psychology, how it all comes together. And so it doesn't have to be a life sentence. We can heal and interrupt that intergenerational transmission of trauma in one generation and change our entire life's trajectory and those around us.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love I had goosebumps all over. I've had so many clients say that. Like I had a great childhood, which is was my experience too. And, yeah. Um, and I was like, wait. I remember being studying my my doing my coaches and counseling um, diploma like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and I remember being in my class and everyone else was getting up there and share, like getting in front of the class and sharing their life story about how they were sexually abused by someone in their family or they were physically mm. abused or they were emotionally abused. And I started crying and was like, I think I'm going to leave. I don't fit here. Yeah. I had a great childhood. Nothing bad happened, which is not true. Of course, I was shut down and repressed many times because yeah. that's what growing up Means in our society, like Mm -hmm. we get our light gets dimmed. Yeah. But I remember that feeling of like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I had Mm -hmm. such a great childhood, such supportive, loving parents, still do. And yet I was so insecure. I hated myself. I had no relationship with myself. Mm
1: -hmm. And so
0: this, like, I I read 70 pages of the book last night. I'm gonna finish it this week. But (laughs) I was just like, yes, oh my gosh, yes. And 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 not to like not just the intergenerational trauma that gets passed down from our family systems, but also the, the patriarchy messages that are still yeah. everywhere that we
1: consume every minute of 100%. every day. You define it in the book, but it feels important to make space for it now on your definition of trauma, Mm -hmm. because I do, um, I personally specialize in codependency and love addiction. So my clients, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. with, once we're doing their intake about their childhood, they discover just how many traumatic experiences (laughs) there were, um, Mm -hmm. let alone the layers of intergenerational, but Mm -hmm. it feels important to just make space for the women listening right now that are agreeing with Kate, like, Say, you know saying yeah. well yeah I'm fine my childhood was fine I'm great oh but I'm mm-hmm. still you know chasing after the narcissist or I'm still in a really <laughs> yes. horrible relationship and my childhood was great yeah <laughs> um it, yeah like want to give you know space and even maybe comments on what some of those symptoms are, you know, just, of Mm -hmm. course, this is what the whole book um, is about. But when you make, when you say like, oh, I was seeing the trauma in my clients, what did that look like?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you, Catherine. So um, yeah, I had a similar experience to Kate. Uh, in, in my psychology classes, I actually being in therapy at the time, because they still teach Freud and that whole uh, repression uh, theory. Um, that That's a whole different story. I'm not going to go into it right now because it will take us down a rabbit hole. But for <laughs> those who are curious about rabbit holes, just like Google, like Freud and this whole seduction theory that at first he correctly identified that women coming to him was uh, were having, quote-unquote, hysteria because they had trauma, sexual trauma, but then he recanted his views and um, those traumatic experiences came to be understood as made up. Women were making shit up. Yeah. So anyway, so that that's still being taught. And one of the things that is being taught is like, okay, well, maybe... If there are traumatic experiences, maybe you have repressed them and you don't remember them, and that's what actually I thought. Maybe something like like big T traumas did happen to me, but I couldn't remember them. Because speaking of symptoms of trauma, I was feeling like not in my body. That's the biggest symptom of trauma. Uh, I. I was super smart and <laughs> <I> still am <laughs> and um and most women we we work with have a very similar experience of just hanging out in their head right being get, getting down that very intellectual um path, and we don't go into the body because the body feels unsafe it's that's where the trauma lives it's unsafe to be there, and it wasn't until my 30s that I actually recognized because it was pointed out to me that I wasn't in my body and I was already at that time a yoga teacher okay so I was on the mat and I was teaching uh, women to and people of all genders to be here now and I and I had no idea I wasn't faking it I just didn't know that I wasn't here now or there then (laughs) in my body and so that's a big telltale sign that whole that disconnection from parts of ourselves be it, be it our authentic desires oftentimes women come to us with like, "Oh, I know I'm meant for something more I want to do more with my life, but I don't have clarity about it. I can't put my finger on what that is." And this is part of that whole gestalt of trauma, and specifically PSD, because it has never been safe for a woman to be in her own power, and a woman's desire, a woman being in touch with her authentic desire and what she is bringing to the world is a direct pathway to stepping into her power, which is unsafe. Of course, it gets shut down by trauma defenses in the mind and in the body, and certain disconnection from... Uh, from others and relationships the, the, there's that feeling like you don't fit in you, you you're not like um, everyone else. And I don't, I don't even know anybody who feels like, oh, yeah, I'm just like everyone else. That would be horrible, too, I guess. But um, my, the point of the story is that everyone has trauma, it's just different different experiences between the personal traumas and inherited. It's, it's a part of the human experience. We don't escape that. And that definition that I have come to through my work is that trauma is any experience that made us feel unsafe, in our fullest authentic expression, Mm -hmm. physically or emotionally unsafe, in our fullest authentic expression, and led to creating trauma adaptations to keep us safe going forward. And so, if we just take a moment to scan yeah. like quick scan through our experiences, mm-hmm. when did we actually ever feel completely safe in our fullest authentic expression, as Kate brought up, our society shuts that down very early on, shuts down, dims everybody 's light, so it is also um, traumas are gender agnostic and age agnostic, etc. And for women, particularly patriarchy stress disorder or PSD adds this huge variable, this huge collective and intergenerational trauma that we all carry, thinking something is wrong with us, spending years in therapy, um, taking meds, right? There are so many expressions of PSD that led women to even chronic health conditions, right? Anything from... Uh, PMDD, like uh, health expression symptoms around the menstrual cycle to autoimmune. There are so many expressions that if we just understand how trauma works in the nervous system, we can reverse, heal, and prevent.
1: Yes. Which is the best news of all. (laughs) I think so too. One of my- Go ahead, Kate.
0: I was just going to say this couldn't be more aligned with both the work that Catherine and I do with women. Like yeah. I get, I'm getting women completely out of their. I call it, you call it prison guards. I call it your saboteur mm-hmm. and they build an intimate relationship with that voice in their head mm-hmm. and name her and get to know her and like welcome her, but don't follow her and let her lead. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it's all about coming home to the body and nervous system work and getting back reconnected with all of these disowned aspects of themselves. And then Catherine Mm -hmm. does the trauma work, codependency, love addiction, inner child work as well. And it's just like, this is so beautifully complementary to this, to everything that we Mm -hmm. believe and stand for, for women.
1: And I was just going to say that what helped me so much on my healing journey was recognizing that I was so used to everything being fast, because that's how I operated in my life, Mm -hmm. that that's how I approached personal development. Oh, I'm going to sign up for this person's eight-week <laughs> course. I'm going to listen to this two-hour <laughs> webinar. I'm going to like, you know, God, there's like life coaching certifications that you can get in a weekend right in now, weekend. which is insane, it, <laughs> oh, totally insane to me, but it was, which is totally the counterculture and what it meant and what it takes to heal, which is slow mm-hmm. down yeah. long enough. And, and my teacher and my trauma resolution work, we, we just say there's a blueprint of health
2: Mm. in your
1: body. And when it's given the things, when your body's given what it needs, it will heal itself. It mm. wants to be in joy and safety because that's how babies are,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but I keep thinking on how there are many, many of my clients, which we don't know what we don't know, but they're like, just tell me what to do. Fast right? Like, oh, it's fine. Like, I know I need to get in my body, but, (laughs) and what it takes to
2: slow down. And that's that's also a symptom of trauma because the nervous system feels a lot safer to stay in hyperactivation, in hypervigilance, and slowing down feels profoundly unsafe. Mm. So um, in our programs, we start by helping women build safety, embodied safety, and capacity these Mm -hmm. two foundational core skills to both process trauma and show up with anything and everything that's going on in their lives and in the world. And interestingly, our entry level program is eight weeks long and we teach the, the tools that um, by we, I mean me and my life partner, Jeffrey who has also been on this journey for Mm decades of somatic uh, trauma work and energy psychology and what we've done in our combined decades of experience is distill the tools that are foundational and that they create the most impact in the shortest amount of time the most catalytic and efficient tools and of course that is the start of the journey right we're not saying in eight weeks you're going to heal all traumas you've ever had in your life but that foundational tool set can go a long way so this is for Impatient people like like me, <laughs> like like you, like our listeners, maybe identifying as well. Uh, and it we we can my my view is that we can have it all, right? We can yes. play in this human experience. We can go fast. We can go slow. We can play in this juxtaposition. And um, yeah, it's the paradox of the journey doesn't end. Uh, it just keeps on going and we can have very fast results in a very short amount of time using the right tools the
1: right tools i should have said 8 weeks of mindset work <laughs> or i should have said that's what i was signing up for not trauma not trauma resolution in 8 weeks i was signing up for fix me in 8 weeks with a, ha- a mindset and push through my fear and you know just Ra- you know, rev me up enough, um, fix me in eight weeks. That's a great, than, a great yeah. course title. For- <laughs> and and I saw some marketing guys,
2: somewhere.
0: <laughs> as you guys are talking about rushing, I'm thinking, or like that, the the quick fix, like the we talk a lot about the old paradigm of love, which is like, there's only one option. Relationships are glorified. You're not okay. If you're single, there's something wrong with you. When you're in a relationship, like you better, he better keep choosing you. And like, you better be together forever. <laughs> and we predict that you, we know what the future holds and all of these things. And I realized as we're talking, the old paradigm is patriarchy. Mm. And how there's been this story that we believe that our safety, because of our conditioning, that we believe that our safety is in the hands of being in a relationship, and it's really in the hands of a man. And yet, and so there's always this longing when women aren't in relationship to feel safe. And so they want to rush, like they meet someone and they want to keep rushing every phase. Yes, it feels good and we're pleasure deprived. So that's part of it too. But I imagine also trauma response, wanting to rush everything to try and get safety in the commitment and then rush to the next phase to get safety in the moving in together and to get safety in the marriage and in the proposal and all those things. And it's like, we're constantly out of our bodies completely missing the beautiful experience or the horrible experience, you know, like if there's tons of red flags and you're not noticing them because Mm -hmm. you're so disconnected and disassociated from your body and what's actually occurring and that, that we have this illusion that safety is in having a partner. But Mm -hmm. when in fact, when you actually do the deeper trauma healing, you realize that safety is inside of yourself, and when yeah. you're actually home in yourself, in your body, you've done the deeper healing, you're present to your sensations, to what's actually occurring right here, right now. That's where safety is because then you can actually feel your own truth.
2: Oh, that is so profound, Kate. Yeah, that looking for safety that is external to us is, yeah, that's one of the ways in which we cope. Same goes for numbing numbing with sub- substances, with, with food, with drink, with shopping, with Netflix, with work, <laughs> uh, looking for safety. And I just want to like zoom out and, and speak to the fact that it is, it is not our fault. It is not our fault. Yeah, it is tremendously empowering to see that to recognize that it is a trauma pattern at play because then we can do something about it. And let's start with also recognizing that we didn't create it. We didn't put it there. And, and so that we don't guilt and blame ourselves for, for be, for this pattern being a part of how we operate. But I so appreciate you bringing this into the conversation. Like I've never reflected on this with such clarity, but I, I can't, track back how many choices, how many choices I made in my life seeking safety. That was the deciding factor of me making those choices. And then the choices that I made when I was just flying, choices that I made from my body from that guidance, from from my excitement, from that inner knowing that I knew in the body, because I had glimpses even when I wasn't living in, uh, like, mo- I was mostly disembodied, but I would g- get the grace of those glimpses of embodied awareness, like, yes, or intuitions, I may say, that, that this is my choice, this is my place, this is my next move, and all of them were Anti-safety, by the way, all of them were completely so disruptive. And my conscious mind was screaming, what are you doing exactly? This is insane. And all of them worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> and then those safe choices um, were, as you, you can imagine, <laughs> um, not, yeah. And, and guess what, what happened with those? What, what seems safe actually becomes Well, a gateway to deeper healing once we wake up to the situation that we are actually replaying an old trauma pattern.
0: Mm-hmm, where the decision's coming from, like if it's yeah. coming from that tr- trying to get safety. and And I think a lot of women that's playing out and they don't know it because they've romanticized, because like Hollywood and Disney and whatever has romanticized love being this fast and furious thing that most women wouldn't even know that they're making that mm-hmm. decision from trying to get safety from the guy. But if there's yeah. that, I think if there's that feeling of an engine revving and you only feel satisfied for a short period of time with that period you're in and you're always mm-hmm. wanting that next thing only to yeah. wake up one day once you've checked all the boxes and be like, oh shit, <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. totally you know, dissatisfied and unfulfilled even though I checked all the boxes. Like if mm-hmm. you feel that, that urgency and that, that pressure to move to the next thing, it's, it's most likely your trauma response leading as opposed mm-hmm. to your embodied awareness. I love that um, way of framing intuition mm-hmm. or our inner guidance, embodied awareness. So beautiful.
2: And distinguishing between craving and true hunger.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. In that,
2: in those choices. Am I craving sex right now, right? Um, that was one of my addictions, right? I, cra- mm. I must have it. I'm craving it. Or is it... Is it true hunger coming from a place of pleasure, coming from a place of right? Uh, there's no edge of oh my gosh, if I don't have it, if I don't get it right now, like I'm not okay. There's something in me that is not okay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm already okay, and this is gonna be something even better,
1: right? Mm-hmm. How good can it get?
2: As um, you've you've uh, you've you've seen me come back to that again and again in the book, shifting from the game of how much can I bear. Mm -hmm. Or how fast can I run? Or however you want to frame it to how good can it get? Mm -hmm.
1: That is so powerful because so many women crave relationship, but don't know how to fulfill choosing from true hunger. That is satisfactory and fulfilling, and that we evolve together. And what moved me in the book was when you said, it, "Within patriarchy, the bar is so freaking low yeah. um, for what makes a good relationship, yes. and we don't, we don't even know how to." Well, one, my experience is is where we are in 2020. You know, and now we're in Esther Perel's you know work and her her whole platform, and that we have never before asked for more in our Mm -hmm. partnerships than we do right now. But we do it actually, I personally think, because what I've seen is we do it actually from the child craving in -hmm. which we demand our partners to be a certain way. We've got insane amount of entitlement toward men on what they (laughs) should do for us without any accountability for how we bring ourselves to the table.
2: So painful. And
1: my teacher, Terry Real, says we practice fierce intimacy. And he actually, you know, does stand that women have the power to transform their relationships. Because I also think there's a whole like, I just have to get a new partner and then I'll be happy. There's mm-hmm. a lot of that. <laughs> um, but it feels like, one, I want to hear your love story and just bringing back that we did get married for security once we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't get married for love mm-hmm. but now we can mm-hmm. <laughs> but know the difference between craving love and who actually satisfies your true hunger for partnership because i i woke up this morning because i spent time with lots of friends this weekend and i feel ridiculously blessed i'm in love with my friends husbands like i am (laughs) surrounded by friends whose husbands adore them Mm. cherish them would do anything for them like that is the most healing experience to me in my life because it's everywhere around me Mm. my friends who are in beautiful happy fulfilling Relationships, and I know that that's not the case for many women, and then yeah. we can't see any different. So it's really hard to believe in it. Mm-hmm. But I'd love, yeah, I'd love to hear your your love story and just what it took for you to stop settling and what even that means to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you brought up so many amazing <laughs> points here, Catherine, and I I, I want to also like speak to how I was showing up in my marriage that was just the, 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 the doom, um, it's, was just a part of this whole acting out the, the trauma patterns and demanding, right? That craving something and demanding. Um, I kept on clobbering my husband over the head with personal development books and like you need to read this you need to right <laughs> you ha- you have to do this you have to be this way you are ha- i need this yeah. from you and, and and there was this scene that's that's in the book when um we were having one of those explosive arguments, explosive on my end. Uh, and he he had this disposition that was, I called him the, the great unmoved. He would just be there and like yeah. not affected by my rage. And of course, as you can imagine, that just kept driving my rage yep. further because I needed him to engage with me. Yep. So we both had different trauma patterns here, clearly <laughs> at play. <laughs> he was in I was in, in, in fight and I was just going off and screaming and, and just going on and on. And he was quietly arranging books on a bookshelf. We just put, put in new bookshelves in the office. And then he turned around and he said, I can't help but notice that you have all these books on mindfulness, yoga, conscious relationships, psychology, and you just can't help yourself and you know we were having this argument because obviously he was wrong about everything and i was right about everything i didn't have to tell you this part you already knew but this part he was right about like he was right about that and that was before i discovered trauma healing and indeed having done it all read books been in therapy i could not help myself and and he and i had been in therapy for many years and and just on and off. And because that deeper trauma healing work was not accessible to us on either side, we just couldn't, couldn't go deeper. We couldn't um, get the relationship to, to evolve to where we could actually see each other and hold each other's wholeness in reverence that we both deserved. And there was that moment of recognition, that came in after years of struggle when the recognition was, you know, I I actually, I desire and I feel that maybe I even deserve and maybe our daughter deserves and maybe he deserves a life with more peace and joy and satisfaction that we could not, we could not create, not for the lack of trying. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so we went through this separation that was amicable and mutually supportive and and difficult nonetheless it, it, that's never easy that's never an easy choice and and yet i knew that also for our daughter she was growing up with a mother who was so disconnected and dead inside because her desires were not being fulfilled and on the one hand you know it may feel so selfish to go to that place and it did did feel that way to me to that making that decision and it was a lot of self-judgment around that decision was a lot of external judgment around that decision too um And yet that recognition, that getting in touch with my desire and understanding that my own vitality, my own authentic self, my own life force had been so locked away for so long. And that was what I was modeling to our daughter and she deserved um, to experience a mother who is fully alive and that i think at the end of the day that that was one of the major decision points um that that led to the the separation us both recognizing that in different ways and that happened right before my 40th birthday which in itself is a huge milestone yes. like yes. these big birthdays are like woo and and i I I went, you know, sisterhood has been so, so important for me on this journey and being supported by women who could hold my desires, reflect them back to me, hold space for them without judgment, with a lot of support and a lot of love that maybe I didn't even have for myself fully, but I could borrow theirs and that was very healing and um, I actually went to Brazil for my 40th birthday, uh, where one of my soul sisters lives. And so my daughter and I and her, we, we were there and we were just diving deep into that that magic of feminine co-creation. And I emerged from that milestone birthday with this new realization that I was ready to declare (laughs) what I desired in a partner. I did not think that I was ready to date. I did not think that I was ready to welcome a partner into my life, but I was very clear on my non-negotiables. And my non-negotiables were so unusual, first of all, very unusual, (laughs) very specific, very specific down to my goodness, down to the age, down to the background, down to, and my very first non-negotiable was that he would be able to hold my wholeness. Mm -hmm. He would be able to be there for my rage, for my desire, for everything, Mm -hmm. Full on and hold it all. And that right away, pretty much to my mind, disqualified him from existing. <laughs> so my mindset. Like,
1: the mind does that. Yeah. yeah
2: what? Her, the That's prison the first, guards, right? The prison guards do that. The prison guards. Yeah. Prison guards, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, the mindset, that doesn't exist. And second of all, you, you are uh, a 40-year-old single mom. Hello. Hello. Like, hot stuff like even if he did exist like why would he ever like partner with you and then you were so damaged like everybody has told you throughout your life that something is wrong with you right you have all these issues including the anger issue (laughs) obviously and thankfully i i was in touch with my desire enough to say you know what it's okay it's okay if he doesn't exist it's okay if I will never meet him, we'll never get together, but I will not accept anything less than that.
0: Mm.
2: I will not accept anything less than that. And I was 100% certain mm. that that was true.
0: And can, can I pause you for a second? Of course. This is so important. I just want to highlight this moment because this is so important. The ability to have that crystal clarity and that, like, I will not accept anything less than this. And I'm okay if it never comes. Yes. I am fully, deeply satisfied, fulfilled in my own self and in my own life. That is the magic right there.
1: Unattached. Interrupting. Carry no, on. No, <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. I'm like totally in love with this story it's and so feeling the power of even. And this is the magic of one-on-one coaching, right? To like hold another woman's desires to stay in the conversation. Like I can feel myself rising. We haven't even get, gotten to the part of the <laughs> manifestation yet, but that place of just hearing you yes. claim it and mm-hmm. how very few women are ever even in that presence. And that's why we created the new truth movement. Like that's what it means Mm -hmm. to be in the presence of other women who are breaking status quo, who are jailbreakers, Mm -hmm. as you call, you know, your community, and and how important it is to just be able to say this is what I desire. Mm -hmm. Even if I have no idea how it'll happen, no idea if it'll ever come, right? To just say this is what I desire.
2: Yeah, this this really changes everything. I say there is nothing dangerous to the patriarchal status quo than a woman who is in touch with her desire. Um, And what happened next was um, completely unexpected. Well, I continued following my desire. That's what happened next. I actually went um, on a a journey, literally. I, I went to San Diego following my desire to take my work out in the world in a bigger way. And I joined this mastermind. That was a huge investment. (laughs) It was huge. And, and I was, I was nearly single and I was transitioning from my existing business model as uh, a therapist to being a thought leader. And uh, uh, I did not even know what the hell that meant (laughs) (laughs) and how I would make money ever. But again, my body, that's one of those irrational decisions that is counter safety. My body knew my body is a full on hell yes. Uh, I literally heard my body say, take it as in that offer. Yeah. And my mind was like, ah, and I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. I see. So I, I, I signed up and then we gathered for, um, for our first meeting, um, of this mastermind. I signed up of course at the, the highest level and there were only like five businesses there and we were all supposed to meet, for our uh, first dinner, we, we traveled to this location, this beautiful resort for our first uh, mastermind retreat, and everybody's texting each other while we we're gathering at this time at this restaurant. And then one person's flight is delayed. Another person stopped somewhere. Another person had a headache, decided not to come. And so I show up and, and this guy shows up <laughs> and it's just the two of us. And it's just the two of us. And he tells me that he's also doing trauma work and he's working with women. And I scoff and I go like, no, no man can work with women on women's trauma. Are you fucking kidding me? You you all are the reason we have trauma in the first place. (laughs) And, and, and he was completely humble. Like, I fully understand how you see it that way totally fully understand and he he had done so many i didn't know it it yet but he had done so many years of healing both the the masculine and the feminine and all that so right away we dove into some trauma healing work together like immediately (laughs) (laughs) um and then soon enough like within hours he actually revealed that that first non-negotiable he he, he really carried that so strongly. What happened was actually, I, I was teaching a course online at the time. And a, one of my students posted this gorgeous picture of a woman raging. And there was that, again, embodied impulse in me to show the picture to him, not the post, just the picture. And when he saw the picture, he had this most unusual reaction. He said, well, it will sound strange But, you know, I actually love rage. And if you ever have some charge, you have some rage to express, like, against the masculine or whatever, I'll be so honored to hold the space for you. I actually love doing that. And I was like, shit. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Now now to the other points. How old are you? What is it? And everything. He literally matched up like everything. And thankfully, he brought in something even better that I didn't even know to ask for. He actually is an amazing dad and our kids are Mm -hmm. the same age. So now we have a boy and a girl between us. Mm -hmm. And it's just everything that and that we now work together. Right. And in both in business and in our relationship, 90% of everything we do, we're like pinky and the brain. What, what are we going to do tonight? Brain, same thing we do every night. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do the same thing uh, every night and every day, which is, which is inner work, which is trauma healing work. We keep on going deeper and keep on unfolding into deeper safety and, and pleasure and intimacy mm-hmm. and connection in our relationship and with our kids and in our work and and that's and that's really that's that's been the secret sauce right quote unquote ninety percent that and then ten percent of showing up
0: <laughs> I have goosebumps everywhere <laughs> thank you that was that is you've told me a lot of that story before, and it's like I heard it for the first time that is the best story and i I just feel I just think of how freaking blessed your kids are mm-hmm. to be a witness to to this, to real intimacy and real presence and real connection. And, you know, how many kids are in homes with either toxic parents with toxic relationships and the parents are staying together for the kids or witnessing even, you know, the old paradigm of Mm -hmm. relationship, which isn't really connected and intimate. And, Mm -hmm. uh, wow. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. and So inspiring. And like Catherine said, I feel I feel up-leveling myself just hearing your story, and I'm imagining every listener is just going to feel so much more excited and inspired for what's possible and that we can freaking have it all.
2: Thank you. And that's what we do for each other, don't we? In in our programs, I've come to call this the four minute mile, referring to Sir Roger Bannister's um, record breaking four minute mile at the time when it was considered humanly impossible. Yes. That's one of my favorite stories. And after he did so many more. People mm-hmm. broke the four-minute mile. Mm-hmm. And so in our programs, when we see a woman go to that next level of intimacy or the next level of visibility, impact, income, anything, how good can it get? Then mm-hmm. it gives our subconscious, collective subconscious, yes. that permission that it is safe. It is safe and it is possible. Yes.
1: And it is so vitally. I mean, that's as important as breathing to me <laughs> uh, for women. Because, I, I, I mean, I didn't even know entrepreneurship existed. I mean, that was never even t- said to me. Like, I went to college, got a master's degree, and was like, okay, <laughs> this, is, yes. this is my life. And then it was at my first personal development workshop mm-hmm. where I sat in a room with hundreds of people and I touched my authentic self for the first wow. time and felt vibrant and alive and free and then learned about what was possible. And I hope... Well, first of all, every listener to this episode needs to go run to Amazon to get your book. (laughs) Um, They need to run to the New Truth Movement Facebook page to be in the presence of other women who are living their dreams and giving themselves permission. And to, you know, I've rethought, I've been thinking about this a lot. So I do appreciate hearing your list of non-negotiables. So I want to just bring attention to there's a big difference between my list of who my man must be versus my list of non-negotiables. Because I've often asked women to throw away the list because often there's too much attachment, but I do do have them do. uh, I will not tolerate list, Mm -hmm. right? So non-negotiable list, which is edgy in and of itself. Talk about prison guards coming up to write that list. Like what? I could have boundaries around who I spend time with. Like I could say no to things just as powerfully. As saying yes, so yeah. I don't know if you want to say anything about that, but I'm conscious are, of the time for you yeah, too. <laughs>
2: sure, I, I can hang on for a couple of minutes. So, uh, these are the gifts of trauma too, because my list of non-negotiables was uh, the exact 180 of what I was not, of what I had been living in, and I was not willing to live in, for uh, the the rest of my life, yeah. and. These are the gifts of trauma. How do you know boundaries if your boundaries have not been violated before? So the gifts of trauma. Yeah, there's also so much wisdom in our personal journeys. And the more we heal, the more we reclaim these treasures of how deeply we know ourselves, what works for us, what is not. Um, working for us and our own genius. And as you said, that authentic self that becomes available, the deeper we do, we go in our trauma healing work. Like right now we have gone through a tremendous expansion since the book came out in this mission, in the business. And my, uh, uh, my deeper, deeper healing is taking me to such um, unexpected and delightful places right now. It, It is speeding up, if anything, it is not slowing down. And I'm surrounding myself with more support than ever, right now, because I'm like, yeah, I need I need a village, I need everyone to, to hold me. Uh, both, both uh, in terms of one-on-one mentorship and also communities. I'm a part of several communities where I I can have people breaking those four-minute miles for me, uh, for me, for me personally. They're breaking those four-minute miles, and I am, uh, and I need to be absorbing that. My mirror neurons, every cell of my being needs to be in that company. And uh, as far as PSD is concerned, it's a collective trauma and it can only be healed in a collective Mm. so that's why also in what we are doing we have been growing this as a movement and we have these collective experiences that we offer both in our programs and also those that people can join women can join without making a commitment to one of our programs to have that experience firsthand
1: do you want to tell us about them or do
2: you have one coming up? <laughs> I would love to tell you about uh, them and welcome you there. Thethrivingexperience.com. Thethrivingexperience.com is where you can learn more about them. They, we offer them seasonally as of right now. We'll see what the future holds. The next one is coming up in November. So re- registration is open. It's free to attend. Um it doesn't cost you anything in dollars, but it will cost you everything. Like it will cost you your own life, your your old life, uh, what I call the invisible in the prison of PSD. The, the, those old places where safety used to be that are now limiting you because there used to be safety in being, in not being visible. There used to be safety in not speaking up. There used to be safety in not going after your desires. And now that spells out doom, that spells out depression and anxiety and disconnection from ourselves. And of course, us not bringing our gifts to the world. This is not something I'm willing to tolerate. This is not the world I'm willing to live in. I'm creating a world with this movement. We are mm, where every woman, I want every woman to be a role model for my daughter. I want every woman to be fully embodied, playing the game of how good can it get in her relationships, in her work in the world, in every aspect of her being. And that's why we have these thriving experiences, the thrivingexperience.com that draws women from all over the world. And um, if you check out the hashtag, the thriving experience on Instagram, you'll see some glimpses into what women have Mm -hmm. been sharing with each other. And this is the greatest, to me, that is the greatest thing that I'm enjoying the most is women passing this book and the thriving experience on to one another like Mm -hmm. hands from right that's what we do when we discover something right of value we want to share that and this is my biggest proudest Mm -hmm. moment of the past year has been you know channeling this this seed this disruptive message But it's thanks to the women who have taken that on, women like you, (laughs) who have been sharing it and really creating a movement in the world, Mm. the movement of shifting from survival to thriving, the movement of not tolerating, those uh, limiting everything, Mm. but really mastering the game of how good can it get and passing Mm. that to future generations.
0: Oh, how good can it get? That how
1: and good that it is can the key. <laughs> this
0: is the key to not settling. Is breaking, doing the healing, and breaking free from the invisible prison that you're living in, and really becoming embodied with how good can it get? I mm. love everything you said. I've had goosebumps like a million times uh, on this episode.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So, we okay. will make sure that all of the links are posted below in the show notes. And, Dr. Valerie, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. I'm so happy you exist. Thank <laughs> you for, I imagine, having to pass through your prison guards to even write the book. I, I hear writing a book is quite an experience. Oh, um, my goodness. And so, I'm so happy that you pushed through. Well, didn't push through. Ask them to step aside. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, so daily you could do work your
2: thing. Daily, daily work. Every day of working on the book, I almost didn't write it. So, with Jeffrey's support, thankfully, I also have the the privilege of having a, um, a partner who is a trauma resolution um, pro. And I've been uh, sharing, and I'll be sharing more on social. I'm uh, on Instagram. I'm most active there, and in my newsletter as well. By the way, if the listeners download the first uh, chapter of the book mm. or the book resources, the book comes with exercises and such at drvalerie.com forward slash book. You will also get my thriving notes, my newsletter. But I've been sharing in my newsletter and on Instagram lately about like my own uh, prison guards and uh, how, how like what that journey has been looking like that. And it's, it's, it's real because yes. we're all in the same boat. Uh, I'm not above it. I'm not out of it. Every layer of expansion um, involves a deeper layer of excavation and healing. So we're all all on this journey together.
1: Well, thank you for being with us on The New Truth. We are so, so grateful. And as always, if you loved this episode and you know another woman in your life who needs to hear it, we so appreciate you passing it on and we hope to see you in the next thriving experience with Dr. Valerie. (laughs) See you soon. Bye.
2: Bye.